This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Hello there, how are you? It's uh, Kevin Riley here, and it's welcome to Irish Time here on the Manitou People's Radio in Palmerston North, County uh, Manitou as I call it. But anyway, I've got some stuff, and it's mostly, uh, it is Irish news, but the paper is, um, I think it possibly could be American, I'm not sure, but it's, uh, you know, our English, because a lot of the stuff that I tapped into before is all paywalls, and I'm not really interested in paying for it. Anyway, anyway, here we go. Uh, what have we got here? New 320 million euro runway at Dublin Airport opens. The 31.1 uh, new runway uh, facility will provide extra capacity for the airport. It is uh, currently one of the largest in well, the largest in uh, Ireland itself. It is the largest infrastructure project in Ireland and promises to uh, uh, create 31,200 jobs and generate 2.2 billion in additional activity by 2043. That's a way off. The project included the building installation of over 300,000 square metres of new runway and taxiways and six kilometres of new internal airport roads and lots of cabling and uh, runway and taxi lights. So it's, it's, obviously you can see why it was the biggest job in uh, Ireland. It can serve as uh, long-haul flights, including 747s and uh, airbuses, etc., etc., you know, 3800s. It was officially opened on Wednesday um, by the takeoff of a single commercial flight. From Thursday, this is uh, yesterday, will operate between 9 and 1 and eventually between 7 to 5. It's been plan- planned since 1960, but will not approved until 27. Isn't that amazing? In the face of local opposition. Oh, there you go. Uh, work began in 2016 and was completed two years later. The inaugural flight from Dublin's new uh, North Runway was uh, a Ryan Airway of all people from Ivanhaden, uh, which departed just after uh, the new 30. 30- 321 million euro runway was live streamed by Dublin Airport authorities. It ran there. Oh, well. And here's something that's been close to my heart since I was involved in the, the housing issues here in Palmerston North for quite a long time. Ireland's homeless rate ra- rises to record highs. Almost 11,000 people have been recorded as homeless in Ireland, the highest figure ever uh, recorded. A total of 10,975 people accessed emergency accommodation in September, a 1.6 increase on the previous month. It is the third consecutive month where the homeless figures have uh, recorded a record high. In total, there were 7,633 adults, 3,342 children in emergency accommodation at the the end of the week of September. Ireland's Housing Minister, Darrell O'Brien, described the situation as very challenging. I would call it a bit more intelligent. I think it's kind of unacceptable. 
Uh, fully aware of the risks of homelessness faced by renters this coming winter, the government has just legislated to protect renters who are facing homelessness by deferring no-fault tenancy terminations from taking place uh, this winter. I mean, they can't turf you out, <coughs> et cetera, et cetera. You know, to give you what used to be 90-day notices here. While this emergency measure is necessary and will provide assistance in the short term, the long-term answer to our accommodation challenges, including combating uh, homelessness, remains an increase in sustainable supply of no- new housing. Sounds just like New Zealand and lots of other developed uh, Western countries. Wayne Stanley of the Simon Communities of Ireland said the figure was a shock uh, uh, comp- confirmation of the need for the momentum on evictions introduced by the government last week. The charity wants the government to examine ways that 166,000 vacant homes identified in the latest census could be used to increase social housing stock. They've been talking about that the house if it doesn't go on the market uh, and it's, you know, after six months and it's still vacant, that it can be used for emergency housing, you know, having contact with the landlord instead of stops all this kind of land banking business. It's not a, it's not a bad move. It's a reality that uh, the monthly homeless figures are now a reflection of people only in emergency accommodation. The actual number of people homeless is yet to be known. More social and affordable housing is the long-term solution, but in the short term, we Im- uh, immediately need more emergency accommodation. As homelessness services, Focus Ireland's frontline team are being stretched to their uh, capacity. It's a community organisation. The prospect is looking increasingly grim this winter unless there is an urgent response to avoid more trauma for families across the country. He added the, uh, that the eviction ban must be a catalyst to deliver la- lasting solutions. While a no-fault eviction ban is necessary, what's also crucial is what the Minister of Housing will do for the next five months while the ban is in place and tackle the underlying problem. Yeah. But good luck to him. That's basically all you can say. And talking about that, and what have I got here? about homelessness and this all kind of dovetails with it, flu. Uh, new figures last week showed that infant inf- infection from flu is actively circulating in the community with anyone unwell asked to stay at home. The increase has been uh, has seen in all age groups, but particularly those from uh, you know just 0 to 14. The health service is now encouraging people to get vaccinated, saying it will, is still the most effective method of preventing infection. The vaccination, which takes two to a couple of weeks to work, can also reduce severe d- disease that could lead to hospitalisation and possible death. Professor of Experimental Immunology at uh, Trinity College, uh, Kingston Mills, uh, Ma- Mills, said Ireland is having a significant flu season this year. He told Morning uh, New Year- Morning Ireland, I was going to say Morning Report there, Morning Ireland, after two years of having virtually no flu, we now have sig- significant flu this season. King, it was not surprising when you consider the lockdowns and restrictions that were in place over the past two years. The virus doesn't uh, didn't get a chance to circulate, and it is time, but this year now that the relaxation has been relaxed, it's open season. Speaking about how the public can help, Kingston said we're uh, having a significant number of cases right now and the advice from the health people is for help people to just basically get vaccinated as there have been a large increase in cases from the, like I said, the 0 to 14 age bracket. To count this, you know that there is a very effective uh, vaccine given as a nasal spray, which is very easy to administer and highly effective for that age group. Uh, Kingston urged urged pregnant women to also get vaccinated and protect themselves from the flu. So, I mean, it's a very sunny morning here in Palmerston North, but winter is, you know, 
starting to get serious over in Europe. So what have we got here? Uh, uh, European High Commissioner Ursula von der Leyen will address the joint uh, sitting of the Houses of uh, the Parliament. She will to mark Ireland's 50 years uh, membership of the European Union. Wow, 50 years. Uh, Mrs. van der Leyen is due to meet President Michael Higgins and the Prime Minister Michael Martin during her visit to Dublin. Uh, Ms. van der Leyen will become the second President of the European Commission to address uh, both houses. Uh, before her visit, the Minister House Minister Martin welcomed her to government buildings for a working lunch. They are expected to discuss the war in Ukraine and the impact on the cost and security of energy supplies. The outlook for the EU and global economy, as well as the need to strengthen the EU's partnership with key allies, including the US and the UK, is also lag- likely to be discussed. <coughs> so there you go. <coughs> what I got here, and this is, excuse me there, uh, this is kind of sad, but unfortunately it's a fact of life. There were 237 deaths from suicide in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland, not the Republic. 18 more than that was recorded in 2020. It is the highest number of registered deaths since 2015. The suicide rate for men and women has been on the upward trajectory since uh, 2019. There are 14.3 deaths from suicide per 100,000 people in Northern Ireland. Slightly higher than the rest of the UK regions. In 2021, the merger of the deaths occurred in Belfast Health Trust area, followed by the Western Trust, with the Northern Trust registered the lowest rate of, uh, uh, rate of suicides at 10.4 uh, per 100,000. Uh, Northern Ireland's uh, mental health champion, Professor Siobhan O'Neill, said that every single death is a death that can be prevented, and we must do all that we can to prevent these deaths. We also know that we have high rates of deprivation and inequality across our population, and we know that deprivation and poverty are associated with suicide, particularly now with the cost of living. People are just, you know, at the, at the limit, They're, you know, stretched to the limit. We need to strengthen our mental health service by implementing in full, uh, the full mental health strategy over the next 10 years. Also, we need to work to address the, uh, the social determinants of poor mental health so that we can reduce the number of people who experience suicidal crisis. Mental health, I and mean, that's, again, seems to be a, a big problem in uh, you know, Western countries, not just New Zealand or Australia, for that matter. And now this is a Belfast deal. I was interested in this. The Belfast City deal, the first such deal in Northern Ireland, has moved a step forward after the Northern Ireland Secretary approved its heads, its heads of terms. It's an expression never heard before. Uh, Karen Bradley signed the terms and outlined an outlined uh, business case along the Belfast, well, along with the Belfast Regional Deal Partners and the Northern Ireland Civil Service there on Tuesday. The government described uh, the agreement as a major milestone towards the completion of the deal. It proposed to invest £350 million into the Belfast region over the next 15 years. The government said it was envisaged that this money would be matched by the Northern Ireland executive if devolved government was restored. It's completely chaos over there when it comes to you know political power, really. The city deal will be uh, further boosted by co-investment upwards of £150 million from the Belfast Regional Council. So things are moving along there, which is good. Ms. Bradley said there was, they were absolutely delighted to sign the agreement for the funding aimed at supporting and encouraging economic development. I'm also uh, engaging closely with the challenge, uh, Chancellor to uh, secure a financial um, announcement rather for the Derry-London-Derry region uh, city deal. 
It is hoped the deal will see the delivery of more than 20 projects to help to create up to 20,000 new and better jobs alongside an increase in productivity levels, as well as having a positive impact on the most deprived communities, delivering a balanced uh, spread of benefits across the region. Nice words, you know, nice words, and that's probably all there will be. Uh, but empathy with people, but no real uh, change. Belfast City Council lobbied for the deal uh, in partnership with six other councils. The Belfast Lord Mayor, Jadri Haggerty, uh, said the dealing was a significant milestone and a testament to the power of collaboration and partnership. Mm, that's nice to hear. Uh, what does envisage? Established a global innovation institute focusing on already successful sectors in the city. Investment in digital connectivity. New tourist attractions will also include a new, uh, new landmark venue in Belfast. Development facilities at Hillsborough and uh, Carrickfergus Castle. An extension of the Goblins Coastal Path. Uh, the regeneration of Bangor Seafront and a focus on bringing more visitors to the mountains of Moorn. Extension of Belfast's rapid transit system uh, to take place in outlying districts. That'll be uh, good to see. So public transport is highly used over, uh, particularly in Belfast. Delivery of an uh, extensive employability and skills program, incorporating apprenticeships for to train young people. Uh, DUP leader Nigel Dodd said the deal will make a real difference to people right across the the six council council areas which have worked together on this proposal. Uh, the SDLP leader, Nick Lamont, said this city deal will go a long way to creating jobs and changing our region's economic fortunes. The SDLP will continue to push for a great deal for Derry to ensure communities in the northwest are treated fairly. Also, unionist uh, MLA, it's a member of the local authority, by the way, uh, Andy Allen said that the development was great news for Belfast and indeed for Northern Ireland as a whole. Retail uh, chief executive, uh, Glenn Roberts said that he hopes it will be a game changer for our local community and provide you know vital regeneration projects in and around the city. So that's that's a bit of good news. But I'm kind of you know I think it's great that things are happening, but you know the length of time it takes is the thing that I find amusing. This is about this guy Sean Ryan or Quinn rather. The Quinn family, who were billionaires, so and it all went wrong, mostly because they were bent, they were crooked, the fraud. Sean Quinn addressed the moving the moving of millions in assets to family members after he lost his fortune when the Anglo Irish bank shares collapsed, saying it wasn't originally his idea, but I I'm not trying to blame anyone but me. Yeah. The former uh, border billionaire was speaking in the second installment of Quinn, uh, Quinn Country, which aired there on uh, the television. Uh, it was a document on the collapse of the Anglo-Irish Bank, in which Quinn had heavily invested and ultimately led to, its, to his downfall. He was in a penniless virtually. Uh, the business tycoon tried his fortune and that of his business to the fate of ba- the bank, making big bets on the bank's share price as it tumbled to disaster. Sean Quinn Sr. was released from Montjoy Prison in 2013 after completing a a nine-week sentence for uh, contempt of court. In 2012, uh, uh, Sean uh, Jr. and his cousin Peter Quinn were also sentenced to three months in jail for uh, contempt after trying to hide a 500 million euro property portfolio from the from the bank. At the time, Judge Elizabeth Dunn relied that the three Quins consciously defied and misled the courts as they shifted family assets as far afield as Ukraine, Russia, and Belize. Speaking on a Tuesday, uh, Mr. Quinn described the move uh, the the moving of his assets. 
there was a decision made there and then that we would try and secure the assets uh, that they, they hadn't owned, loaned them money to. We didn't touch anything they had loaned money to. Now it, is a, it was a bad decision, and now we paid the price. It wasn't. A, it wasn't my idea. It never is. It. Everybody says that. It's always somebody. Everybody blames everybody. Mostly, you know, here they blame the government. The government. The government gets blamed for everything. Nobody takes any kind of personal responsibility. It was seen. It wasn't my idea. Was that I would do it? I would do. Uh, I did, but I hadn't thought of moving the assets. Uh, that, that what we had financed. But people uh, were on airplanes that evening when uh, all this uh, this. Catastrophe happened. It was written somewhere else. Like, you know, his daughter, I think it was his daughter, but her, you know, got married and there was just over a hundred thousand euro for the wedding, and now they are virtually penniless. And really are going from the top to the bottom in a big fall. And talking about uh, communications, BBC Northern Ireland has announced plans to cut up to 40 jobs as part of a drive to save money and invest in online services. The changes announced uh, to the staff this morning, this was Tuesday, will see the end of the BBC Radio Falls Breakfast Programme and the Inside Business Programme in Radio Ulster. The BBC hopes that the majority of the losses will come through voluntary redundancies. Two of the Radio Falls part-time programmes, uh, daytime programmes rather, uh, Sean Coyle's morning show and Mark Patterson's afternoon programme will continue along with a daily 30-minute news programme. Assistant General Secretary of the National Union of Journalists uh, said in a statement today that the decision to end the breakfast show and the regional news bulletin is a betrayal of the people of Northern Ireland. Radio Foil is part of the cultural landscape of the Northwest with a wide list uh, leaders list on both sides of the border. You know, listening list, listenership. The 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 dining of service in Radio Fowl is of particular concern and will be strongly resisted by the National Union of Journalists. We call on uh, political parties, community groups, trade unions and listeners to join us in opposing this move. So the BBC should go uh, back to the drawing board and achieve savings in some other uh, fashion. This is a wrong-headed plan at a time when Northern Ireland needs a diversity of news coverage. BBC Radio Fall is vital to the life of Derry, a vibrant city with a tremendous heart and resilient spirit. So, it was, oh, it was kind of sad, you know, because BBC is a programme that I listen to here, or watch rather, on uh, the television, because... You know, I trust the BBC, basically. When they say something happened, it happened, because they go to great lengths to make sure that it was, uh, it happened, it was authentic. It wasn't some kind of, uh, you know, people coming off and voicing their opinions about something without any kind of evidence, etc., uh, etc. Et okay, this is uh, from Dublin. Government on track to reach target of 950,000 electric vehicles. France says the government will launch a new 100 million euro strategy next month that will see more uh, charging stations installed. Minister for the Environment, Eamon Ryan, claimed the government is on track to reach its target of having 950,000 electric vehicles by the end of the, the decade. Ryan said the government will launch a new 100 million strategy next month that will see more charging stations installed, installed all around the country. However, the Green Party leaders said the party, the plan rather to tackle climate change is not only about switching the electric vehicles, but also encouraging the public to use public transport. Ryan said he uh, wants to improve bus services and to make it easier and safer for the public to cycle and walk. 
The government is expected to publish its uh, revised climate action plan, which will set out the roadmap on how it will cut emissions by 50% by the end of this decade. Uh, Iran told RTA, Rio Television, uh, the, the programme the week, this week in politics, change is happening. We are starting to roll out the public transport solutions. The bus services, the electrification of our transport system is a huge challenge, but it is happening. It will require consensus across the country to make decisions about relocation of road space so that we get the buses through traffic more quickly. We're starting to see traffic come back uh, to those gridlock levels of the past. We cannot, for the sake of gridlock or for the sake of the climate, allow this to happen. Well, good on them. Acknowledgement that there's a problem. We will make the political decision to promote public transport to make it safe to walk and cycle, not just to meet those uh, climate targets, but to make the country all the better for it and the people healthier. The government has a target of having around 950,000 vehicles, like I said. Uh, we will get close to that, to about, uh, get close to that 950,000, but we're actually on track to deliver it. We will uh, next month be launching a new strategy on how to make the, the charging stations, 100 million euros, which will be going, uh, will be, which will be kicking off very shortly to make it easier for people to do the right thing. So there'll be charging stations outside. It's cheaper by going electric than there, and they are better in cars. Rand said the updated uh, climate action plan will include money point power uh, stations switching from coal to oil. The only place with deeper water in Europe is Rotterdam. So we can use that strategy advantage at the mouth of the Shannon. We're, uh, we're close to the offshore wind and bring in that money point, convert to hydrogen and use our grid to give us a secure, stable energy system for the, uh, for the future. I just think, you know, I know it's kind of a taboo subject, but I think nuclear power is going to be uh, taken off again, in, particularly in Europe, you know. Not Chernobyl's uh, Three Mile Island or that disaster in Japan, you know, through the tsunami. But smaller ones will be taking place. It's going to cost an arm and a leg, but it's going to cut off or cut out the reliance on oil and gas. And I can actually see that happening, you know, possibly not in New Zealand or this part of the world, but certainly in Europe. And this is, uh, I find this interesting because I can remember doing this myself when you used to have, you know, lemonade bottles you'd find or you had a drink. You'd take them back to the shop and you'd give you a threepence or six, a sixpence. You know, I mean, you got a refund. Uh, what have we got here? The details of a long-awaited deposit return scheme has been released today that did a pool on it, including how much the deposit will amount to. A 15-cent uh, deposit will apply to cans and bottles Etc. Etc. It's part of an effort to reduce litter and increase recycling rates. I think this is the future as well. Uh, machines will be fitted in shops for customers to return their containers, where they will be able to choose whether to receive their refunded deposit of, of as cash or credit for the shop or make a donation to charity. So today we're asking: Would you return a bottle uh, to get your fifteen cents? And over seventy percent of the, the you know the, the people that they surveyed said yes. A mix of uh, advertising and sporting contributions helps keep uh, paywalls away from valuable information like this article. Over uh, 50,000 readers. I'm reading the wrong thing here, Kevin. Sorry about that, but that was just about uh, the bottle. I just think it's kind of like a a return of what things used to be like many, many years ago. And it it was a system that actually worked, and it worked really well. So, you know, bottles land on the on the side of the road 
or on the pavement. People would pick it up and uh, take it to the shop and they'd get threepence, like I said, or sixpence. Um, instead of hearing that, all I see when I walk out in the morning with a dog is broken glass seems to be everywhere, which is a, a big issue. I mean, I just see it, you know, a dirty old town. I used to call Dublin a dirty old town, but I see Palmerston North is a, a dirty old town. I had this uh, thing about Palmy, you know, make Palmy cl- uh, clean and green, but it's, uh, I mean, it was a sign, but it didn't actually go any further than that. Over half of the Irish G's, you know, younger people want car zone, car-free zones in the cities and the banning of domestic flights. That's wishful thinking. Nearly an hour, nearly four, sorry, nearly four in five young people would be in favour of imposing fines on businesses that emanate uh, more than a certain amount of greenhouse gases. Additionally, 57% would strongly support a ban on non-essential domestic flights, although only 29% would back a limit on annual flights per person. Annual flights per person, right. An additional over half, 57% would favour the implementing car-free zones in towns and cities. New research from the Economic, Social and Research Units Institute, rather, studied young people's attitude to climate, their personal actions, and their opinions on uh, hypothetical uh, future pl- uh, climate policies. Of a representative sample of 500 people, aged between 16 and 24 years, more than 90% viewed protecting the environment as a very important, and most believed they could do more in their everyday life to help combat uh, change. Well, they're the group that's going to be paying the price for all this um, climate breakdown. Uh, there was a uh, Yavval Anderson, lead author of the report, said the results show that young people in Ireland are concerned about climate change and highly motivated to act. But they also show that youth will will need resources and leadership to act on these motivations, given the complexity of the issues and young people's limited understanding of how they can uh, help reduce emissions. Young people were generally willing to make personal uh, uh, shifts like flying less or eating less meat while also holding the government to account for enacting widespread changes. However, they struggled to identify which individual changes would have the greatest impact on carbon emissions. Other research would indicate that gap in knowledge is not unique to young people. Another survey uh, found people tend to underestimate the benefits of high-impact actions such as eating less meat and overestimate the benefits of low-impact actions like like recycling. Despite the need for more information to identifying how low impact an action can be, many young people um, studied by this latest research uh, indicated that they plan to avoid high-emission actions such as long-haul flights or eating meat. Going to become vegetarians. Participants in the study were presented with 10 hypothetical future climate policies and asked how strongly or not they would support them. The idea of finding, finding, finding business that exceeded uh, the emissions limit received the most backing, 70% strongly in favour, uh, followed by 71% for lower taxes on carbon-neutral goods, making renewable energy mandatory, and if, there were, if, if it was more expensive, was strongly supported by 65% of the, uh, the participants. Similarly, 60% would back a ban on harmful subsidies, even if the main uh, products were more expensive. Creating car-free zones in towns and cities, banning non-essential domestic flights, uh, received uh, strong support from 50, 57% of the population, like I said earlier. A higher tax on energy-inefficient homes, to um, fund grants for re- retrofitting and higher taxes on meat to fund green agriculture, garden, 
Garden, Garden, yeah, uh, strong support from 47 to 43 percent, respectively. Uh, other measures were uh, were less popular. Just 33 would strongly back fuel t- uh, taxes to fund public transport, with only 29 percent strongly in favour of limiting annual flights per person. Director of the organisation said environmental challenges facing Ireland can only be addressed if all all citizens and stakeholders are engaged and empowered. She said uh, the, uh, the institute was encouraged by the findings that over 9% of young people in Ireland feel that protecting their environment is very important. Well, they're going to be inherited, inheriting that planet, so no wonder it is important to them. Right, uh, got this. The live animal crib in Dublin uh, will will make an appearance this Christmas in a new a new location. I mentioned this last week that it had been banned by the the mayor of Dublin and others, not just the Lord Mayor. But last night, Dublin Mayor and Green Party councillor Caroline Conroy proposed that the live animal element of the crib be scrapped. Uh, the move is described as uh, Grinch-like by some. At the time, the minister for the office of public uh, works Patrick O'Gallivan said he was working to find a new location for the long running tradition. Today has been announced that the event will return to the new location uh, at Summer House there in uh, St Stephen's Green in Dublin. The live animal crew will return on the December and will re- feature a donkey, two sheep, and a goat. Uh, it's all the nativity. Stephen from the Office of Public Works said the scene captures the nativity story that unfolded in Bethlehem over 2 million years, uh, 2,000 years ago. Uh, following discussions with the Irish Farmers Association, decided that St. Stephen's Green would provide a calm setting for the farm-like uh, setting. Anyway, that's all for me this week. So please take care and start getting ready for uh, you know the madness that is the Christmas, the season of uh, you know it's basically spending more than anything else. The religious aspect of it is usually lost. But anyway, on that note. I will love you and leave and be kind to everyone, okay? Be nice. See ya. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.